my advice for people generally is to utilize FBA because when you utilize FBA, not only, you know, you get the buy box and you get this other stuff, but your product is eligible for prime shipping. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. My name is Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Liron Hirschkorn, and he is from Incrementum Digital. How are you doing today, Liron? Doing awesome. Thanks for having me on. All right. And you're from out in New York. I'm kind of on so East Coast, West Coast today, right? Because I'm out on kind of just outside of Portland. Actually, we were talking a little bit earlier about how, you know, people are kind of staying out of the city and we're both kind of on in the suburb side, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be. So let me ask you, you know, I didn't ask you kind of in the green room before. Have you seen a big impact from COVID on your business? Because I know that, I mean, you guys work with Amazon sales and Amazon has been going up you know, just gangbusters, right? I think they announced today they're going to hire like 3,900 more people to work in like the real estate market. So, so while, you know, while COVID obviously is bad, it's also been, I heard somebody refer to it the other day as somebody injected a growth serum inside of, of Amazon. In fact, Amazon has grown so much. It's the first time I've seen growing pains for Amazon, you know, as a, as a, as a result of their growth, because, when COVID hit in uh, March and April, they couldn't get products out to people for a month. They they prioritized, you know, essential products. Sellers are still having a hard time, you know, shipping products in and getting those products sort of received in, in a you know reasonable amount of time. Amazon in the past month has put more kind of tougher restrictions on sending products into the warehouse. They You had this like inventory performance score. Now you have to have a higher score in order to be able to send more stock. And I think this Q4 will be the best Q4 Amazon has ever had in terms of sales, but also very challenging for sellers. And what you really need to do is make sure you have your own, you know, third party logistics, fulfillment, being able to merchant fulfill and, and storage and send products into Amazon. You know, a lot of sellers... The old model was, you know, you made, you know, a few thousand units in China and you shipped it direct to Amazon warehouse. Well, now you can't really do that, especially new ASINs. If you're launching new products, Amazon is restricting only being able to send in 200 units. So there's there's a lot of that. But for sellers, it's been a, a, a boom as well as for for myself selling for my agency. You know, we've seen sellers, you know, 3X, 4X, like, you know, have tremendous growth in their in their sales because, one because of the type of some of the types of products that they that they sell, and two because people just aren't all that all the traffic that used to go to retail is now coming to online and and the majority of it to, to Amazon. But you know anyone any one of my clients that has had any sort of at home fitness products or oh, yeah. you know <laughs> had a had a product had a client that sells like a backyard pool kind of toy for kids He's selling a million dollars a month on this on this product on Amazon because. Like my daughter, her camp was canceled and kids are at home and, you know, need to do stuff. I have another client that sells like sort of at home educational math posters and things like that. And a lot of parents are planning on homeschooling and, you know, changing behavior. And basically, I think what COVID did is it, it accelerated e-commerce by 10 years forward because people who, you know, people who bought groceries you know, who never bought groceries online now sort of had to shift their behavior, especially what's interesting is that the the, the highest at risk population, which is the older population, are the ones that didn't necessarily sort of adopt this online behavior and now have been forced to. So it's a whole new audience. And also just people who may have bought certain products online, but always went to the store to buy clothing. Again, now we're buying in that category or grocery right. or food. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a tremendous growth. At the same time, sellers have had challenges, you know, going out of stock, keeping products in stock, going, get, you know, coming out of inventory. We've seen suppliers that have seen products prices go up on Amazon and like double their prices for manufacturing, even though they haven't had increased costs on on sellers, you know, and like the, the Chinese sort of factories taking advantage of increases in price. You know, I had a client that has uh, sells like a forehead digital forehead thermometer, a contactless thermometer. Their buy price pre COVID was eight dollars. During COVID, the suppliers like the new price is twenty seven because they saw the price would go up on Amazon. So a lot of challenges, especially with products like that, and the market very unpredictable on products like that because a lot of new people coming in, then prices suddenly tanking. 
So, you know, it's been a challenging time, but it's been also like amazing, amazing growth. When I got into Amazon was like 2014. And, you know, I was I was looked at this period of like 2012 to 2015 as like the golden era of when to get in and start a private label business on Amazon. And I feel like now it's kind of renewed with like all the like the pies, the pie of opportunity has just gotten a lot bigger for, uh, you know, for e-commerce sellers. Yeah, there's been this kind of across the board, not just Amazon, but any online retailing has just jumped. Um, I saw something the other day that said Walmart online is up like 39 percent and sales from email marketing for some industries like at home fitness, at home learning, a few things like that. Specialty foods, they're all up almost 400 percent, like just insane amounts. Even digital courses, you know, sales are up like people are at home. They want to learn. They, you know. Yeah. And, and I think partly, you know, sort of Amazon's, you know, people can't not being able to rely on Amazon for that one and two day shipping anymore has been an, an opportunity for, you know, Walmart and eBay who, for, you know, eBay for the first time, I think, had growth, you know, in the in like in years has saw, has seen growth and like increase in market share for the first time. Because I remember when the pandemic first hit. I went to buy three ply masks on eBay because I couldn't get them on Amazon for like a month. I mean, I went to eBay and I never go to eBay to buy anything. I, I buy mostly on Amazon. Right. Or Etsy. Yeah. Etsy. Etsy has seen growth. Like all these platforms have seen growth, which I think it's, you know, I think it's good for Amazon to have competition. People who sell on Amazon have a love and very much hate relationship with selling on Amazon. You can wake up. I have a listing now. I don't know. One customer complaint used, sold is new. I don't know. Maybe the product packaging was off or something. Amazon just takes down the ASIN and, you know, they kind of shoot first and ask questions later. And then you have to appeal it and they say no and show invoices that you really have a new product. And I mean, all these, there are a lot of headaches in dealing with Amazon, a lot of challenges, but the truth is it's worth it. And it's the only place to really be able to reach that many Customers, unless you were doing a lot of, you know, your own like Shopify and digital marketing. But so I think it'll be great if, you know, if Amazon gets more competitors, but I think Amazon will get through this and through Q4 and then, you know, we'll, we'll sort of come back to that one, one and two day shipping and unfortunately not necessarily have the, the competition that really, that's really needed. When you say ASIN, just for somebody who may not know, that is like a product SKU number, like a UPC code that's, that's specific to Amazon. Every Amazon product will have one. Yeah, it's like a product identifier, Amazon identify number or something, skewed identify numbers, something like that for every product. Yeah. I think it actually stands for Amazon SKU or standard identification number, yeah. right? So let me let me take this back a step for someone who maybe they have an e-commerce store, they're selling well, they're doing good. Maybe they're on Shopify or something like that. What is the steps for them to maybe start working with like an agency like yourself that will help them get onto Amazon and kind of what is the, is, is the bar for that, like price wise. And then maybe is there some way that somebody who maybe, you know, doesn't have that amount of sales yet, how can they start selling on Amazon so they can get there? Yeah. So I think depending on your size, I don't think you necessarily need to hire an agency off the bat. The first thing you want is, you know, get a seller central account up. You should get something called brand registry, which if you have a trademark, you can get. If you don't, there are ways to apply for a trademark. And while you're waiting to get that brand registry, brand registry, the reason why you want it is it gives it shows, it tells Amazon you're the brand owner and it allows you to control your trademark and have certain protections. And it gives you a lot of marketing levers that you don't have otherwise on Amazon. So get that in place. Your next step is create a listing, get a presence, because chances are if you have any sort of like traffic to your website, you probably have people searching for your brand on Amazon. And if you have a decent amount of volume of people searching for your brand on Amazon, you probably have people that are bidding on your brand name to show up in ads for it with, you know, competitor products. You want to be able to capture those sales. So, right. So like competitor ads, like you'd have on pay-per-click where somebody, you know, has an insurance company and they, they put all the other insurance company in town in, into their pay-per-click account so that when you search for them, you come here. So on brands, on Amazon, the same thing is like if my brand was, say, Matt's T-shirt company or something, then other T-shirt companies would bid on my keyword for my brand. Yeah, because they're doing keyword research and they and there's tools in Amazon. There's a lot of data. One of the benefits of Amazon is there's one of the benefits and downsides is everybody knows what 
what your sales are. Everybody knows keyword search on. There's a lot of data. It's a kind of closed system. So if I see in my creating my own T-shirt listing and company that Matt's T-shirts have search volume, and especially if you're not on Amazon, I'm going to bid on that keyword. And Amazon allows it. There's no, I can't put your brand name in my listing. That's a trademark violation, but Amazon does allow me to bid. So I, I did a search the other day for Nike and I, I saw an ad for Puma. So Nike is not doing a great job at protecting their turf because Puma is trying to ethically steal away customers from, from Nike. So the first thing you want to do is get a presence up, especially if you have search volume for your brand name. People, you know, I, I see this whenever my clients are running sort of Facebook ad campaigns, they turn it on, let's say, they'll see a 20% lift on Amazon because people will go to Amazon, want to check reviews. And, you know, if they're prime members, they're very likely to just want to buy there. So having a presence is good. So, you know, creating a listing is not hard. You can also hire, there are service providers you can hire to create those listings. It might, you know, photography, you might, you might already have great photography for your product. Although, Amazon photography is different than your website photography. When somebody's on your website there, that's the only place they're looking at. On Amazon is a marketplace, so they might be looking at your listing for a minute or two before they look at something else. So you want to use pictures that you only have seven image slots. So you want to use text, infographic type images to really send a message that, because people will look at your images, but they won't necessarily read your whole listing. So the image strategy is a little bit different, but you know, get up some good images of your product, create a title, compelling bullet points, like get a listing up first as your first step. Your second step could be start running some ads. You can start doing it yourself. You can turn on some auto campaigns, put in some keywords, and just see if you're getting traction. If you do, then you can look to say, okay, I really don't know much about Amazon marketing. Let me, you know, let me hire somebody, but you don't, you don't need to start out spending, you know, a ton of money on, on ads. Also, I would encourage you if you're listening to podcasts like this to learn a little bit because, you know, when you hire an agency, I think it's good to be a little bit of a little bit educated so that you know if the agency is doing a good job for you or you know kind of what you want kind of a thing. So I think it's good, you know, there's lots of podcasts and lots of YouTube channels and lots of Facebook groups where you can get involved on sort of learning a little bit about selling on it. So you guys have you have a Facebook group too, right? Yep, I have a Facebook group. It's called uh, E-commerce Mindset. I have a podcast. It's called E-commerce Mindset. I don't publicly say this so much, but like if somebody comes and messages me on Facebook with a question or whatever, I'll typically responsive and I'll give you sort of like two, three minutes of just like advice on kind of direction on how to go with something or how to approach it. So I'm happy, you know, if you just add me on Facebook and you have a question on Amazon or something to, to give you a little bit of guidance. So my, my first, I think your first goal should be like, let me get a presence on Amazon first. Let me test a little bit of ads. Like if you get some, if you, if you run an auto campaign and you get some sales, that's a good sign. If you don't, then you need to figure out why. But the first thing I would do is look to have a well optimized listing that is set up to convert great images. If you can get some reviews, I don't advise doing a lot of this, but if you get a few friends to buy the product, get two, three reviews even. I'm not, if you do this at, if you do this at mass scale, Amazon will suspend you and you got to be careful because it's against terms of service to, you know, get incentivized reviews. So, but there are programs with Amazon. There's a program called Vine. If you have brand registry where like there's these Amazon sort of vetted customers that Amazon trusts that you essentially give away like 30 units of your product for free and they'll write reviews. So you can get some reviews that way. There's strategies that you should put in place, learn a little bit, get started. And to me, Amazon is one of those things like you learn as you go, you're going to make mistakes you're going to learn from it. There's a lot of rules around, you know, I had somebody this week tell me, come to me to, to advertise their product. And I ended up turning it away because they made a mistake on their packaging. They made their package. They, they made a gift style packaging. Well, their longest side of their packaging was over 18 inches. That means they pay oversized fulfillment fees on Amazon and they can't compete on price. And so you'll learn. I mean, so this person will not do that again and learn from that mistake. And right. don't you have to have easy open packaging now on Amazon also? Or is that you just get a deal or something? No, they do have something called like frustration free, but it's not like it's not a requirement or generally something like it's generally something sort of Amazon as a vendor does like when they sell directly, but not so much something third party sellers do. But yeah, so I would just say get your feet wet, get a little bit of education and then look to, you know, maybe hire, you know, if you need to. Now, at the same time, I would say, yeah, if you're selling, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 a month on Shopify, let's say, and you have that cash flow and you have that profitability, then taking some of that and hiring and doing things the right way off the bat 
makes more sense. I would say kind of depending on your level or go out and hire a brand manager specifically for Amazon who who knows the space, you know, better than you and, you know, bring that person in house to to do the work for you. One quick thing, there's more than one group on Facebook called e-commerce mindset. So you want e-commerce space mindset and it has uh Liram Hirschkorn and your picture on there so that people can find it. But so there's a lot to unpack there. I think this generally, and this kind of goes for every kind of, of advertising and SEO and any kind of digital marketing work is like, if you are getting going with it, maybe you have a good offer, you're just starting out or you're making some sales, but I mean, you're not really crushing it kind of thing. That's where you want to educate yourself or someone on your staff who can do that thing, right? And get them, get their feet wet, get started with it, learn a little bit about the business kind of thing, educate yourself a bit. But when you want scale, like you want to go from selling 50 of this thing a month to 50 of this thing a day, that's when you want an agency, right? You want someone who knows how to scale a product. Yes, absolutely. There And there's a lot of elements to Amazon. There's organic ranking and there's strategies to get organic ranking. One of the things I will say is don't waste your first month or two on a product because part of the way the Amazon algorithm works is if you get fast sales of this product out of the gate and you can do that with like aggressive advertising on the platform, it's much easier to rank. There's this so-called unofficial honeymoon period where Amazon wants new products to be discovered. People who launch new products generally price a little bit more aggressively because they don't have reviews. Amazon likes lower prices for their customers. And because the product doesn't have any previous sales history and sales history is part of the algorithm, the the organic ranking algorithm, and you get fast sales out of the gate, that's the only thing the algorithm knows. And it's easier to rank organically for keywords. And so you do want to have some strategy on a, on a launch and be aggressive starting out. Don't let, don't create a listing, send a product in, let it sit for three months and say, Hey, let me go deal with that. At that point, you're better off killing that listing and maybe starting a new one. So there are some strategies that you should kind of, that, that are good to be aware, aware of starting out. And yeah, there's a lot of, el- there are a lot of elements to Amazon. And again, if you have brand registry, there's a lot of things that you can take advantage of that are working very well right now on the platform. Um, they have video ads. If you, if you search on your Amazon mobile and you scroll, you'll see these, these short clips videos and they're working very, very well for, for advertising right now. Not everyone is doing it. So there's less competition on the bids for it. And it's a great, great opportunity. So Amazon can be, you know, an amazing place. Obviously, you know, there's, I think, 200 million prime customers. More and more people are, are using the platform. If you have a good quality product and you, you also have to look at your, you know, if you're selling off Amazon, you have to look at your brand and kind of ask yourself, where am I positioned in the market? Because, you know, if you're, you know, Rolex doesn't sell as many watch, watches on Amazon, right? It's not the right platform. The, the Amazon platform is a price driven sort of mid market quality type general platform, right? You know, if, uh, if you're selling, if you're selling a vitamin C serum and everybody in the market is at 20 and you have it on your website at 40 or 50 and you have a loyal following and social media and you can get that on your website and we have customers that do, you're probably not going to be able to achieve that on Amazon outside of branded searches where people are searching for your brand name and are going to buy that. But to compete on sort of category terms like vitamin C serum, it's going to be very, very difficult. So you really should look at the, look at your products, look at the marketplace and see, are my products differentiated? Are they the same? Do I have any special sauce patents, things that, you know, could resonate, you know, and is my price, can can I compete, you know, can I compete in the, in the marketplace? We have, you know, we have customers that sell a lot of products on their websites and only some of those products work well on Amazon. And some of them, they're just too, you know, their price is just too high and they don't want to price it lower on Amazon because they're selling it at a higher price on their website. And, you know, they don't want their customers to start, you know, going to Amazon to buy it for cheaper. So these are the things you kind of want to evaluate. Right. What kind of margin on a product do you need to be able to cover all the fees and, and, and the fulfillment and everything on Amazon? Like, and I guess some of it's going to depend on the scale, obviously, but I mean, kind of as an average. Yeah. I mean, I would say you probably need from your cost of goods, uh, four to six X in terms of your, the retail price, Depending, I mean, the higher price the product, the the less that's true. But generally, I would say after Amazon fees and after your cost of goods, you know, I think you need to be left with about 
35 to 45% margin and a 100% ROI. So let, let's say on a $30 product, you're probably going to pay $10 in Amazon fees. So, you know, if you source that product for seven, if you source that product for seven, then you're going to pay, you know, $10 in Amazon fees. You're going to, you know, $7 is your, is your cost. And, and $10 in Amazon fees is a combination of the commission plus the fulfillment fees. Right. Um, so you're paying about a 15%, you know, commission plus fulfillment fees. So if it costs you seven bucks, then, you know, you have $17 in costs and about, you know, $30. And so you have, you know, it's like a 40 something percent margin. That's good. You're going to want to spend some money on the ads. Part of, you know, your conversion rate will, will determine. But I would say at a minimum, you want to have probably a 35% profit margin on a private label product. Okay. Now, if you're reselling and you're selling wholesale, you don't need as much and you're not going to get as much because you're buying from a, an existing, you're, you're buying a product and reselling on Amazon. And chances are, if you're doing that, you're already buying products that already have traffic, that already have reviews, that already have traction, and you don't necessarily need to invest in advertising. They have a lot of branded searches. So I have customers that are resellers and they sell wholesale. And all they do is jump on a listing and they're competing for like what's called the buy box, right? It's based on your price, you get the buy box. And, you know, they'll, they'll make a 20% margin, but they don't need to put any money into ads. They don't touch the listing. They kind of just like send it in and rotate for the buy box. And so you don't, when you don't need to spend that money on ads and because you're buying wholesale and you're kind of a middleman, there, there's another layer between you and the manufacturer, then, you know, you're not going to make as much of a margin. But again, there's, there's a lot of opportunities to find products that are selling 100, 200, 300 a day and buy those products wholesale from the companies. They don't care if you sell on Amazon, a lot of them, and just jump on those listings. It's a, it's a totally different ballgame. Part of what you need to, part of sometimes what happens is if the manufacturer doesn't enforce uh, MAP, minimum advertised price pricing, then sometimes you'll have what's called the, the race to the bottom. Sellers are lowering the price to get the buy box. You have less margin. So there's there's other sort of nuances to that particular like business model. I'm a bigger fan of the private label model where you know, the, and the reason is because when you're building a private label, when you're building your own brand, it's a, it's an asset that you can build up and sell. A wholesale business, not so much. All right. When you have a brand, you can increase the perceived value of your product based on, you know, the our brand stands for quality or we back it up or customer service or whatever those things are that, that your brand lift gives you. And you control the, there's no other sellers. You control the buy box, you control the price. And Amazon businesses are selling for about, three to four X, two and a half to four X multiple. So you can really build a business. And in a couple of years, you know, if you've, if you're netting, you know, 150, 200,000 a year, you can turn around and sell that for six, 700,000, or, you know, you build it up to, you know, a million dollars in revenue, which is not that, I mean, it takes work and effort, but a lot of sellers have done that over the last few years, a million in revenue, the business nets 250,000, you could sell it for a million bucks. And, you can't do that with a wholesale business because it's not, what are you selling? You like, you can sell the relationships maybe with the suppliers and get something for it, but you can't, you can't do that with a wholesale business. Although a wholesale business is a good way to get your feet wet. If you're not in e-commerce, if you're not manufacturing overseas or in the U S and you haven't done that game, it is a good way to say like to go to a supplier, you can spend $500 on a minimum order, send some products into Amazon and kind of learn how the system works, learn how, bestseller rank works, learn about keyword research, keyword search volume. What are the tools, you know, that sellers are using, like get into some of these groups and learn. I got started starting out doing what's called retail arbitrage. Right. I would go to like, you know, have these stores in my area that are like closeout stores. I like kind of name brand stuff from a lot of stores that are closing, whatever. And I would buy stuff there cheap. I would come home. I would, I had this, what's called the Scotty peeler which is like this, like almost like this, like knife where I would, my wife and I would sit in the living room and, and take off the the sticker with the price, right, the price tags, the, product, the price tags, and we would ship it into Amazon. And that's how I learned. And then eventually, and I started going to like Nike uh, outlet stores and buying Nike products and, and reselling them. Then I started going to trade shows and buying wholesale products. And then I learned like, wait, you know, there's this thing called private label where I can make products in, in China under my own brand and sell them and, and it's an evolution. So I think it's a good way to learn, even if you just start with that sort of retail arbitrage model, if you just want to get your feet wet to Amazon without investing $10,000, you can go out and spend $300 in a store on products. There's apps 
that allow you to scan. Um, so there's apps that allow you to scan the, the barcode. It immediately shows you the price on Amazon. Um, if you put in your cost, the potential profit, how many sellers there are, the best seller rank, like all this data. And in the store, you can literally make decisions on, you know, what products to buy. Should I buy this or not buy it? Also, you know what? One thing that's really interesting about that is, so we've done some testing on putting products on Amazon. The first thing that actually struck me more than anything else was that everybody I talk to, if you say like, how do you think a product gets on Amazon? They go, oh, well, you sign up for a seller account and you put a picture of it and you type a description in and you hit send kind of thing. And that absolutely does not work that way, right? There's all kinds of extra work that you don't know about that has to be done. Like, you know, I had a product that is manufactured and of course there's no UPC codes for it and there's no history on that product and stuff. And so, you know, then I'm going through all these, these jumping through all these hoops and I eventually got it all done. But I mean, don't expect that this is going to be like a couple hours, like you're throwing something up on eBay. It's completely not the same thing. No, no. The benefit is that, you know, on eBay, every time you sell a product, like you have to create a listing, whatever, like an Amazon, you kind of create it once and you can keep, you know, replenishing, et cetera. But yeah, Amazon is when you have a problem or, you know, Amazon has bots, like they'll just remove your listing because of one word you had in it that you shouldn't, you have to go fight and try to get it back up and open cases. And you're talking to people overseas who don't, who aren't even working for Amazon. They're like contractors and you can really bash your head in the wall. That's part of, you kind of just need to know that. I mean, it's good. I don't want to discourage you because Amazon's a great opportunity, but there's challenge and yeah, you gotta be prepared. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be prepared for just like knowing that sometimes, you know, I had a customer now that they wanted to update their images on their listing and they removed their images and they loaded up the new ones. Well, only the main image took and the other six didn't. And it took them now three weeks of opening cases, talking to people on Amazon to get their images back. Meanwhile, we weren't able to advertise the product because if you have one image, you're not going to convert well and whatever. And it's three weeks where they're on the phone for hours with support who doesn't know what the problem is, tells them to do this and that doesn't work. And finally they got a fix, but it's fighting with Amazon on the phone for three weeks and, and opening cases and whatever. And, you know, I think in entrepreneurship and business in general, you're always, this it's never a time where you're not dealing with challenges, even when things are, you know, are going well. And I think sort of knowing that, um, but also knowing that again, Amazon could be, you know, a rocket ship, you know, of, uh, of sales for, for your products. I had a friend of mine that saw, uh, he lives in Pennsylvania and he saw an article of a guy like five miles from him who was manufacturing this hydrochlorophis acid or something. It's like a sanitizing product. Right. And he was manufacturing locally and like selling it. So he approached him and he said, Hey, I want to try putting this up on Amazon. He created like a label with his brand name, bottled it for him. And the guy couldn't, the guy, he, he started selling, you know, it's a COVID type item. I was selling so much of this stuff. My friend was in the guy's warehouse for the last two weeks, bottling stuff every day. And like the best thing that ever happened to this guy's business was that my friend approached him because he just couldn't, he'd like heard of Amazon, whatever. He just couldn't believe, you know, 50,000 a month or, or something like in sales on this product, just putting it on Amazon without sort of like much marketing because there's so much demand for, you know, certain products. And it's like the best thing that happened, you know, it's a great thing that happened to my friend. He's getting to, to sell this product, but like for this guy manufacturing this product, like my friend is now his biggest buyer because he put this on, on Amazon and it's like opportunity. So like, there's, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of opportunity in selling on Amazon. There's a lot of opportunity to make money at the same time. There's a lot of things that happen. You know, if you go into the most competitive products and your product is like in the top 100 best sellers in a particular category, you might have competitors trying to sabotage you and getting you one star reviews and trying to complain about your product and take your product on. I mean, just especially in like supplements and some of the most sort of cutthroat type products. I have friends that try specifically not to be in the, they'll raise their price so that they're not in the top 1000 best selling products in a category. Because when you enter that space, you're dealing with the most cutthroat things. And, and Amazon doesn't know. I mean, good luck trying to to remove 21 star reviews that you got reviews are the integrity of the platform you'll never get amazon to, re to remove negative reviews and so these are some of the things that you know happen it's part of the business it's like you deal with it you learn at the same time the opportunity is is great and i think only growing you know with you know with what's happened 
you know, the, like this, this fourth quarter, people are, you're not going to see the typical madness of people rushing into stores, jumping all over each other, like crowded malls, like all that business is going to go online and 50, 60% of it's going to come to Amazon. So like, it's a great opportunity. It just, you, you just need to be prepared to go to war, to go to war sometime. I also think you might be overestimating how cautious people would be when it comes to Black Friday. I think people are still going to go crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think amazing. And, and there's so much information. I actually have like a million more questions I could ask you, but we only have so much time for people to, to listen. I think a couple of things that I did want to kind of get to before we go off. One thing I wanted to talk about is you mentioned the Amazon demand side platform. Do you want to explain a little bit about what that is? Yep. So Amazon has a, has a, an advertising platform called DSP. That platform is sort of open to display advertising both on Amazon and off Amazon. You can actually drive traffic to your website. You can, you can do a lot with it. The way we're utilizing it is it allows us to do ads at, at sort of a different point in the, in the funnel and in terms of how you want to advertise. So from the bottom of the funnel, it allows you to do retargeting ads. So somebody saw your, so, you know, with Amazon, unlike your website, you don't get a customer email. You can't place a pixel. You can't do any any of these things. But this this program allows you to do what's called retargeting. So somebody's gone to your listing, they didn't buy. Well, now you can follow them around both Amazon and you know apps and CNN and Fox News and like major websites with display advertising of your product to bring them back. You can do what's called remarketing. People who bought your product, if you have a consumable product like a supplement or a beauty product or food or, or anything that people buy, you know, disposable plates, whatever it is on a regular basis, then you can do remarketing. Somebody bought your product and maybe you don't want to cannibalize sort of your organic repurchases. So, you know, if you have a, you know, a fish oil that people are supposed to buy every 30 days, you can target people who bought your product in the past but didn't buy in the last 30 days and show them ads. That's bottom of the funnel. You can then go sort of mid-funnel, which is competitor targeting. So somebody saw a competitor listing, you show them your product, you could do cross-selling. So somebody bought one of your products, you show them one of your other related products. And then you can go like what's called, you know, more brand awareness, like just targeting shoppers who are interested in this particular category that you sell. And that's not going to produce as much. Bigger brands do that for brand awareness budgets and sort of long-term driving new to brand customers long term. Most of our clients that are sort of, you know, businesses that are due between, you know, 500,000 a year in sales to, you know, we, we just got one that's doing 50 million a year on Amazon, but generally our, our range is 500,000 to, to like 10 million a year in sales. Most of them we focus on bottom and sort of mid funnel because the returns are not, you know, less and less as you move up. The best returns we see, you know, three to five X return on, investment uh, ROAS on sort of the bottom of the funnel and that's, you know, profitable or at least breaking even. And with Amazon, it's beneficial to break even. It's the only platform where I think it's beneficial to break even on ads because what happens is when you sell more product, it helps your organic ranking. Also, every product you sell is a potential review. If you have a consumable product, when you acquire that customer, there's potential for them to buy again or, or be exposed to your brand. So a lot of our customers, their goal with advertising is just to break even on the ads. And that helps fuel the organic side of, you know, visibility in the search results. So unlike Google, you know, you won't show up higher on Google if you're advertising. There's like a wall there, right? It's not it's not a pay to play. Amazon, you will show up higher in the search results if you get conversions from your ads. Right. And so you mentioned ROAS, that's return on ad spend for people who aren't familiar with the advertising world. But I think that it's super interesting that that breaking even can be important. And I, from our testing on Amazon, I mean, we went in basically, I mean, we had some experience selling books and stuff like that. But when we started putting manufactured products in, I think probably the first, uh, once we got over the initial hurdles and got the product in, the first thing that we realized is that you don't get it like a buy it now button, like right away. Like it. If you merchant fulfill, you don't. So you have to do merchant fulfill first, right? Well, if you merchant fulfill, you don't get the buy box right away, which means you can't advertise. If you do FBA, you will get it, but you have to build a little bit of a seller feedback usually before you get that buy box button. Yes. And the feed, the seller or the, the, the feedback 
is the thing that actually makes you show up, gets you like the buy box, gets you all of those things that that are the things that blow up your brand on Amazon is all based on the feedback right from your customers. Yes. And yes and no. Meaning if you do FBA, you will get that buy box right away without any seller feedback. Being fulfilled by Amazon. Fulfilled by Amazon, yes. Because Amazon doesn't need to trust you that you'll ship the product or sort of have any sort of trust in you. Product is already at Amazon. They're going to fulfill it and, and, and deliver on the promise to get the, the customer to the product at a certain time. If you're a new seller and you're doing merchant fulfilled or you're fulfilling yourself, then yeah, you're not going to get that buy box out of the gate, which is like a conversion killer. Okay, because the more friction it is for people to buy, like what 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 will happen on the listing, it'll it'll say like available from these sellers and you have to click there and then find it. And there isn't that buy box. And that's that's a conversion killer. Yeah. And then so for that, you have to get some initial seller feedback, not reviews on your product, but reviews on you as a seller in order to kind of get that. So it's a minor short term hurdle. My advice for people generally is to utilize FBA because when you utilize FBA, not only, you know, you get the buy box and you get this other stuff, but your product is eligible for prime shipping and not having that prime shipping is another major, not conversion killer because people do still sell merchant fulfilled and they've had to, especially with, you know, Amazon, you know, not keeping its promises on on prime. But when you have prime, your conversion rate is going to be much higher. I personally, I'm a prime customer. But you just check the box, right? Because you're like, I don't want to pay shipping. So I just hit the click the box that says Prime. And it's not even necessarily on paying shipping because a lot of the merchant fulfilled offers offer free shipping. They'll ship free. But, you know, I don't want to wait 10 days to get a product or seven days to get a product. If it's available, if I can find it from a competitor with Prime and I can get in two days, I'd much rather go with that. Also, people trust, like when you do a return, you have to kind of and and you and it's merchant fulfilled. You, you're dealing with the seller directly. They can give you a hard time sometimes. They're not supposed to. When you're dealing with Prime and you want to return something, it's just super easy, and you're kind of dealing with Amazon. So Prime is a major benefit, and you only get that when you do FBA. There is something called the Seller Fulfilled Prime program, but you have to be more established seller to be eligible, and then you can merchant fulfill and have the Prime badge, but. You got to get the product to people in one to two days, too. So it could cost you more logistically to get that done. So the other question I had was, do you guys do any work or have any experience with any of the print demand stuff? Like so like there's books, there's Amazon merch, stuff like that. So, you know, uh, today I got an email. I got I got 70 bucks from Amazon merch for the month. So a couple of years ago, I, I you know, merch came out and I put out a bunch of T-shirt designs. I hired a um, virtual assistant in the Philippines. They charged me $4 per design. I would kind of show them some stuff on the web that I liked. I told them, don't copy it exactly, do something a little bit different and loaded it into merch. But we don't generally advertise for merch, but I do have one client that sells books that we just started advertising for. And, you know, it's very, it's, it has some differences. Like, for example, with them, one of the advertising ways, one of the things we could do is we can advertise on Kindle devices, for example. So that's kind of different. But we can also just advertise for keywords and the search results and then other books and other related listings and stuff. And so, yeah, we can manage, you know, we manage that too. Although that's one client we have that does that does books. The, the majority, you know, 99% of our clients are selling like a, a physical product other than a book and not necessarily like on demand. We're talking to a company that does canvas art and does some customizations about advertising when you do, and when you do that you do need to merchant you know the only way is to merchant fulfill to do that and i think that's another like unique opportunity if you have that you know as a if you have you know like printers or machinery for customizations of products you know there's a lot less competition on amazon for that because a lot of sellers don't have that equipment they haven't invested in it. they don't want to they don't want to merchant fulfill they don't want to do any of that stuff um, and there, there is demand for customized sort of personalized products and so or if you have your own printing sort of you can put up you know i, I know a guy that basically will put up like five thousand different designs for shirts he doesn't actually have them and he does a print on demand and so when he gets the order prints it and he has the facility to to do that so you know a lot of interesting strategies personalized engraving customizations that are kind of niches that you know, that if you ha- if you already have that set up, that capability, then you can enter the market with probably less competitors. There is like you can have customization fields on Amazon in your products for people to type in or make selections, you know, just like if they select a T-shirt size or something, they can also just type in like, you know, enter your name to get it engraved on this blanket or whatever. Right. 
there's a program called um, called Amazon Custom that you apply for, and then you can create those listings. There's also a program called Amazon Handmade, which is kind of like trying to compete with Etsy if you you know have those kind of products. One thing I wanted to just just for people who may not be aware, Amazon Merch is a place where you put in the artwork in certain sizes, dimensions and formats, and then they will print it on things like pop sockets and T-shirts. And I don't know, there's a few other things. I can't remember them all right now. Yeah, hoodies and stuff. Yep. Yeah, hoodies and stuff. And, and you apply and then they give you like five slots. I think it is that you can you can make five products and then. If those are approved, then they give you some more slots. And if you sell some, then they'll give you some more slots and you kind of build it up as you go. Actually, I know an interesting story about that. There was a guy, the reason that they make you kind of start slow and work your way up instead of just sticking as many designs in as you want is some guy wrote a piece of software that would just take sayings off the Internet and mix them with some images and put them into merch. And somehow somebody had like, I think I don't remember where he was getting them from, but somehow he got his software got into a bunch of like racist stuff and it was automatically pumping them into Amazon products and somebody found them. And so anyways, yeah, Amazon doesn't want that kind of stuff on their on their marketplace. So they limited the amount that you can use to kind of get going. But once you get it going, I mean, I think it goes pretty fast. It's like five, 10, then 25, 50. And then I think it goes up to like hundreds after that. And then even thousands. Yeah, I think I have 500 and, and you can get more. And I'm not, I haven't been active with it in a couple of years. But if you yeah, if you have more and you're selling more, they'll open up, you know, more more slots from you, depending on your on your sales. It's I mean, it's another, you know, opportunity. I don't think it's one of those things that you're going to make five, ten thousand dollars a month quickly. You need a lot of designs. You need a lot of things you need to hit it. I do, though. I do, though. I know a woman a couple of years ago. She was the first one to have there was this big eclipse a couple of years ago. She was the first one. She sold. She made like a hundred thousand dollars in one month or something. She was. She was like the first one to have an eclipse shirt, and it took off like crazy. And, you know, but that's more anomaly. But if you get on the beginning of trends and, and things like that, that people are searching for, that could be helpful. The nice thing about it is, yeah, you don't need to print. You don't need to print. You don't need to fulfill. You don't need to do anything. You set a price. Like Amazon gives you a certain range, and based on that, you get a royalty. So you might make, you know. If you price at nineteen ninety nine, you might make you know four or five bucks a sale. If you price at twenty one or four, you know for whatever, so that's part of the game too. Similar to like Cafe Press and Zazzle and all those yeah. kind of sites. You know, it's funny. I'm wearing an Amazon merch shirt right now. It's oh, you are. Logo from my. Oh, nice. So I use it to put my podcast logo. Like if I want a shirt printed, I just put it on Amazon sh- on on Amazon merch, and then I just go buy it. So I'll show you mine, which is also a merch shirt. Um, this was a trip we did to China. Oh, there you go. Twenty eighteen. So um, you can use that to, uh, you know, to, to, yeah, to just print your own, you know, shirts for your company or for yourself or whatever, if you want to design and put it up th- through that program. But, you know, I would say like basically pick a niche. Like if you're going to do merch, just focus on merch. If you're going to do private label, focus on private label. I think I think private label is sort of a, a, a better long term opportunity. But merch is kind of a fun thing, even if you want to have your kids kind of like make some designs or if they're like good at Photoshop or, or stuff like that, you know, like kind of have some fun with it and there's really almost no cost involved you know in utilizing that platform I, I i had a design i had basically a va in the philippines and she would make like 10 15 designs a week for me you know cost me like 50 60 bucks and, and then i would just upload them with some titles and you know bullets and it was kind of fun for a while and like thanksgiving i had the the babies in the oven or something like a a, a a Thanksgiving like pregnancy announcement shirt that ended up selling a few hundred, you know, I made a few hundred bucks a month from it, whatever. It's just kind of fun to, uh, you know, play around with it. If you, if, if you like that, it's, I don't think it's a tremendous moneymaker. Right. I think it's worth learning. If you, if you want to learn how e-commerce on a large platform works, I think it's worth doing the Amazon, just the effort, even if you don't plan to sell on Amazon, yeah. you know, over the long term. I mean, I just sold something the other day that I put on there, like, I don't even know, eight months ago or something. I put a product up that somebody else fulfills for me. Right. And I made like 12 bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like it's, it's interesting though, to, to kind of learn how it works, the ins and outs, how does products get listed and stuff and how does search work? And, 
we've got, I mean, our company in, in, and myself, we're, we're kind of intertwined with Amazon quite a bit more than the average person, maybe because we have print to order books. I have three books that are print to order on Amazon, right? We have Amazon merch. We have apps in the app store on Amazon. We have Amazon Alexa skills for your Amazon Alexa devices, nice. you know, so we have all these things that are connected through Amazon, but we're not a huge Amazon product seller, right? I mean, it's just not our thing. We use the media side of it all and we do some, you know, some advertising. But if people are serious about advertising on Amazon, the best place to reach you is probably, well, there's the Facebook group, right? So e-commerce space mindset with, and it's got your picture there, Leran Hirschkorn, and your website is incrementumdigital.com. Yep. Incrementumdigital.com. You can also reach me directly, Leron at Incrementum Digital. If you actually, if you mentioned you heard, you know, this podcast or, or Matt, we'll also give you a discount to work with us. Our fees are not crazy. We kind of, you know, try to cater to small businesses uh, as well. And, you know, I, I post just a lot on my personal Facebook wall and, um, and in the e-commerce mindset group. So, and my podcast is e-commerce mindset. So I interview you know, I just interviewed a friend of mine who who sold his business for a million dollars plus in the health and beauty space and kind of, you know, learned about his kind of talk about his journey and what he did and how he was successful with it. So, you know, we just talk about how to succeed on Amazon, e-commerce in general. And also, I, I kind of enjoy talking about mindset, especially because dealing with Amazon can be like bashing your head in the wall sometimes, you know, and you, you, need to have, like, you, know, you need to have that entrepreneurial mindset of jumping over brick walls, I, I think like in any business. So sometimes we'll just talk about kind of, you know, the, the mindset of a, of a successful entrepreneur. So it's e-commerce mindset is the name of the podcast. Yeah. Any, anytime you're dealing with any of these big walled garden companies, right? Like your Googles, Facebook, Amazon, Wish, you know, whatever, right? You're always going to have a lot of hurdles and stuff that you got to jump through. And, you know, there's always difficulties that are kind of unforeseen problems. And I think you need to plan for that stuff, right? Yep. I think you need to say, you know, I'm going to put aside a couple hours a week of just problem dealing time just to take care, you know, and then you can always take that time back if you don't use it. And to realize, you know, like more challenge, more opportunity. That's right. You know, like the more the more challenges you overcome, the more opportunity you're going to have that, that other people are not willing to, you know, to, to overcome. Um, certainly it's not, you know, it's not easy to, you know, build a very successful business on Amazon, but it's certainly possible. And I think if you approach it from that way, like, oh, here's a challenge. Great. Thank you. Because like if I over if I overcome this one, uh, you know, I kind of I'm kind of leveling up. You know, every every time I overcome one of these challenges in my business and, you know, that's the kind of approach I've learned you you have to take in business and, you know, challenge will never go will never go away. You know, I think in I think in business, whether it's, you know, your top employee decides to leave or your you know, like you're just going to have to deal with stuff. And, you know, I think entrepreneurship is is a game of solving problems. And so it's kind of like what we signed up for. Yeah. And the harder it is, the less competition there is. I have one more question and this maybe, I don't know, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Well, what do you think the kind of upcoming trend is on Amazon? I know there was a lot of COVID related stuff. I wouldn't get into that. No, I think this fall it's going to be homeschooling stuff is my suggestion. Yeah, I mean, well, so homeschooling stuff, I'm already seeing sales. Also, just like in general, all, a lot of school supplies and things like that, even for kids that are going, but there are a lot of schools still that are going to be like on Zoom and, you know, virtually. And so that, you know, great place to be right now. You know, I still think sort of the at home, you know, fitness type products at home office, you know, related products like I've seen you know, laptop stands and these things that might be in front of your camera to give you some light, you know, for for Zoom calls like you know, a lot of that stuff I think is still selling well and there's still still an opportunity. I would generally try to find a product that fundamentally could sort of stand on its own. You know, I would not go into PPE products if you're not if you're not well capitalized and you're not first of all, certain products you need approval on Amazon to sell and you need documentation, you need to jump through some hurdles like hand sanitizer and three ply masks and, and all that kind of stuff. I've also seen the market tank in price on a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, a 50 ply of uh, a 50 pack of these three ply masks was like 38 bucks or something a few months ago. Now it's now I see it for 12. So if you bought at the wrong price, you're, you're getting slaughtered now uh, at the same time, 
there are other products that people have done very, very well with. I have a client selling kids face masks right now. So kids have to go to school with, with masks. So now they're getting a tremendous amount of sales on, you know, kid masks. They're selling them for like 11, 12 bucks. It costs them like two to make. And, you know, they're doing very well, but I wouldn't, if you're not a sophisticated big business that knows what you're doing on PPE, I would not go into that space. I think it's quite risky and the market prices are changing every day. Um, I would say, you know, find niches that people have a need to and, and either go into a niche, let's say that is, doesn't have as much sales potential, but doesn't have much competition. So you're not taking on much risk. Or if it does have a lot of competition, then figure out how can I come up with a better offer? How can I add more value? How can I differentiate the product? You know, how can I build some branding, you know, around, around this, this kind of product? So there's, there's lots of areas that, you know, I think will have great potential, but yeah, anything for working at home to at home fitness to, you know, your kids at home and toys and arts and crafts. And, you know, a lot of these products have had, you know, great sales. Stuff to do in the house when it starts to get cold outside, I think is going to be huge this year because a lot of people are stuck at home. Yeah. Puzzle, family game night, conversation cards, uh, drinking games, right? I mean, there's... I don't know anything about drinking games. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, if you can combine even uh, a technology with with a physical product, right, you, then you have an advantage where other people can't compete with you, an app or something like that related. You know, I, I see some products like these at home, like humidifiers, but they also have an app where you can control it. If you get a little sophisticated, you can compete with those products that don't have that. And you have a, you have an element of differentiation. So, you know, I think the biggest mistakes I see sellers making is like bringing in me too products, cheap products that everybody else already has that page one. If, if you, if you do a search for like what, what a main keyword for a product would be an example would be like, do a search for a barbecue glove. Okay. On Amazon, and you'll see pages and pages of the same product. It's going to be very hard for you to get in to compete with products that have thousands of reviews, find those products where you do a search. And on page one, you don't see all the same. There's already, there's not even enough sort of, of the same thing where Amazon has to start showing something different on the page than what the person is actually looking for. And if there's an, a design element that you can change, if you can make maybe gift packaging, think about how can I add more value to the customer while still being able to sort of be price competitive? You know, I, I think you want to come to it as like, who is my target avatar? Who is my target customer? Not to appeal, you know, they say if you appeal to everybody, you're appealing to nobody, right? Like who's the target customer? And how can I add more value to this like one person that would want this item differently than what's kind of currently being made in the market? Perfect. I think that's probably a good spot to leave it off. I think we gave people a ton of talking about adding value. We added a lot of value today, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It was great talking to you. Incrementum Digital and get out there and start selling on Amazon. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. It was fun. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.